Wow, what a result. 5-1, Manchester United 5, Leeds United 1. We've thrashed them. Listen, alright, this has happened twice now. 6-2 and now 5-1. But this time, in front of a full house, packed Old Trafford with the away fans too. And, uh, you know, I, I saw some logs of... Uh, you know a couple of youtube channels one of them i could remember was lufc lewis i think and i have to say i just loved it i loved watching it i loved seeing the disappointment on you know you could feel it couldn't you you could feel the disappointment in that away and you could feel how annoyed they were and you know i just feed off their sadness it's amazing leads come battered and scattered at Old Trafford, there is no better feeling. Listen, there are a few thing, things in life that give you that much joy, you know. And I think about this would only be beating Liverpool final at Old Trafford. Well, that's not gonna, not gonna happen, but one one can hope. But let's talk about the performance. What it, it's a resounding victory, isn't it? It's a statement. Some might say, I won't. It is a good win. It's it's a resounding win. It's the perfect way to start off the season. But it's why it's not a statement is because we've done this before. We've done this without a crowd. We've beaten them 6-2 at Old Trafford without a crowd. So I don't think it's a statement. If we win like that against Southampton, maybe yes. Because let's let's be honest, right? Leeds United, they play right into what we do best. They and you know they're a they're a good team. Leeds United they they're gonna go from strength to strength. They're the one of the mo- one of the best managed teams in the Premier League. From top to bottom, their whole structure, their owners, their manager, they were a proper belief, a proper philosophy, and they play in that way. And that philosophy is score the next goal, no matter what the score line is. You're losing one nil, well you have to score. You're losing final. Doesn't matter. Just score. At any given moment, they want to score, and I admire that. But that kind of a mentality plays right into what we do. We feed off the pressure that the opponents give us, and we convert them into our goals. And that's what we did perfectly. You know why do we need to complicate it? Oh, sorry, that's wrong grammar. <laughs> why do we need to complicate it? Again, I said the same thing. Why do we need to complicate it? We didn't. Great. We didn't complicate it. Whatever came our way, we took it and we threw it right back at them. Much more convincingly this time, I have to say. And some of the individual performances as well. They they blow your mind. Four assists for Paul Pogba, a hat trick for Bruno for Bruno Fernandes. You know he's a magician, isn't he? But there are questions as to whether he really plays that number ten role. I don't think he does. He's a he's a shadow striker. Many would say. I would say that too. You know, it's the kind of role Rooney used to play at one point for Man United, right? He basically started as a ten, and then you know he went into advanced areas, advanced attacking areas, which is what Bruno does now, and Rooney did at the at the you know latter stages of, it, of his uh, Manchester United career. But uh, doesn't matter. Where what role he plays uh, until he's giving us goals and assists and whatnot. So you know Maguire had an interesting take. 
uh, on this hat-trick. He commented on one of Bruno's posts saying, three amazing penalties. The shithousery is amazing, isn't it? I mean, you know, salute to Harry Maguire. But today, Bruno just proved to the world, which he didn't even need to, by the way, that he's more than just a penalty merchant. He is our talisman. And the presence of Paul Pogba in an attacking area makes him even dangerous. That combination that we just saw on Saturday, that could be the difference. Like literally playing Pogba in a deeper role or in an advanced role could be the difference between us winning a title or not. So it signifies, it's like it's like the, the step forward. It's like you've seen the light now. Paul Pogba, when he starts on the left, people often uh, assume that he's taking up Rashford's position. He might take his position, but he's not really a similar type of a player. You know, he doesn't perform the same role. What Rashford does is be direct. If it was Rashford starting today instead of Paul Pogba on that left side, all those goals, they would have happened, but they would have happened much differently. You look at the first goal, you know, it comes from a goal kick, but, you know, they all count the same. So, McTominay, uh, you know, I think it was Lindelof that won the header, it fell to McTominay, he played a, a good forward pass into Paul Pogba. Now, you, you see the position of Paul Pogba, right? He's he's in midfield, he's in the, in the spaces between the lines. That's not what Rashford would do. Rashford would be trying to get in behind the defense and that ball from McTominay would be over the top or you know he he would be looking to play through the last line of Leeds United's defense so it's it's a you know there's a huge contrast between the way Paul Pogba plays on on the left wing and how Rashford plays on the left wing Paul Pogba plays a supporting role for the for the second goal you can see where Paul Pogba is he assisted that second goal as well. No, yeah, the second goal, you can see the counter-attack starts and Paul Pogba receives deep in his own half. And he puts what I, I would argue one of the best passes I've ever seen live on TV through to Greenwood. And that is just a cold finish. I, it, You know, it's hard to believe sometimes that Greenwood is just 19 years old. You know, he is so clinical. Especially from an angle, you know, you don't see players at his age score this well from an angle. We saw it against Leicester, you know, with, equally with both his feet. We have people sometimes, you know, they fail to to realize how big a talent Mason Greenwood is and how lucky we are to have him. What a player. And of course, we are talking about the role Paul Pogba plays. So you can see he drops deep for support and plays the ball through. If it, been, if it had been Rashford in his place, I think we would have seen Rashford make the, the run that Greenwood made. Because I think naturally Rashford would, be on the left, Rashford would be on the left side. So we can see the contrast over there. And it would be someone else picking up the ball instead of Paul Pogba. So Paul Pogba, I would describe as uh, sort of an, you know, what do you say? Sporting forward, right? He... He starts on the left wing, but eventually he drops into the half spaces in, or you know, sometimes in between the lines. He never actually plays on the left. He's often found in those pockets of spaces. And that's where we all know Pogba is the most dangerous. He doesn't have much of defensive 
um, you know he doesn't have much defensive duty and he's thrived if you play pogba at cdm in that game in in a pivot i think we lose that game pretty easily because the work that fred and mctominay do pogba can't do because in his mind he has got to be forward influence influencing what's happening in the opposition area so he won't be committed to the to, to the job that fred and mctominay are doing the, the dirty work i should say that fred and mctominay are doing in the pivot which is why pogba is never going to work in a pivot he'll have too much responsibility which he'll probably ignore so it and even if he ignores it he won't be able to influence much of what's happening in the final third so it's a lose lose situation both ways for us so ole gunnar solskjaer has to figure out a way to play pogba in an attacking area and if if the solution is playing him off the left it means we might have to drop that marcus rashford and dropping marcus rashford isn't easy you know just because he had a, a somewhat of a bad end to the season you know in 2021 people forget what a talent he is marcus rashford is probably you know one of the best things to happen to us in the past 4 years him and greenwood of course they are exceptional talents marcus rashford needs to start in a manchester united team we can't just say you know what drop him because he is talented people people often forget how many goals he scored right the amount of contributions he makes yes he might you know he, he might his decision making needs to improve his i feel like his talent is very raw still is it and to to a certain age that's fine but now he sees 23 he'll you know he'll go on to be 24 25 he has to realize there's more more responsibility on him there's more consequence to his actions and he needs to refine uh what he does in terms of decision making you know that that you know the the the, the raw element that uh, a youngster has right where he's given the freedom to make mistakes that cannot go on for long now and marcus rashford needs to realize that so his decision making has to improve and it, it will improve he is still young he's not you know people think he's 26 years old he isn't he is 23 and he will improve but we need to play him we can't stop playing him so oligana solcha it's up to you mate you know you need to you need to work something out i've seen marcus rashford play on the right it doesn't work and now we've got sancho on the right so he's not going to play there striker very debatable his best position is off the left we know this but if he plays off the, if he plays off the left then you've got to find something for ball pogba so we'll see how that happens but rashford's not back for another 2 months so let's focus on the positives right now of course a very uh, you know it's a amazing win but what i think gave us the lift before kick off was of course the unveiling of rafael varan and i think it it made a huge difference to the outcome when you know i sat down to watch the game with uh, a united shirt on for the first time by the way i've sat like that with a united shirt on because you know there's a real excitement going into the season for the first time in many years so of course i had to do it but when i saw rafael varan walking out of the tunnel 
there was a there was some kind of you know it was a shrill it was adrenaline pumping through my body and i can feel that sitting you know how many thousand miles away from old trafford what i i just imagine the amount of of self confidence or you know the amount of adrenaline that might have rushed through the veins of the fans sitting inside the stadium but more importantly the players so when when rafa varan came out onto the pitch with holding that united shirt number 19 you know it's controversial we'll talk about that later but i i knew we were going to win because if if it can give my mood such a lift and my mood was already good so it gave my mood such a lift then i can i, I can't imagine what it might have done to the players so we had to win that game and we won it 5-1 for assists paul pogba and every time you see every assist that pogba has given we see that he operates from that left side but in a much different role to what rashford does he operates in the half spaces he op- operates between the lines and he looks to influence what's happening in front of him and i think he he was brilliant in that game now he has to do it against sides that you know put up a low block against us and that's been uh achilles heel i would say and against southampton i don't think we'll see an exact version of it but yes southampton will be more defensive than deeds were today not today actually on saturday it's been four days but we'll uh, get a chance to see what we actually are against southampton and i think we'll beat them because uh, there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding southampton going into this season so i think we will beat them but it will be a, a good test and i expect sancho to be starting i expect varan to be starting so exciting days ahead but we'll see what paul pogba can do against a low block and i think he he's going to be pure gold because he's a quality player whatever you question him for he he is a quality player and moving on from paul pogba by the way bruno fernandes he plays that sort of a, a shadow striker role and he still is able to influence the creativity he he is a goal scoring midfielder isn't he when we bought him we bought him more as a number 10 and he did that job for us when he needed to because at that point we were lacking inspiration in our attacks so bruno brought that to us now he's ignited that spark in other players that play around him now he can go on to do what he does best that is score goals he's an advanced you know he he plays high up the field he is a shadow striker i have to say that he does drop deep a lot as well but i don't think he will need to when we got the caliber of players coming in waran very good at progressing the ball maguire very good at progressing the ball i would even say scott mctominay the thing with mcfred is right the only problem is when you play t- them together against a, a defensive system when you play them together they don't move the ball quick enough if you play either one of them and partner them with someone like a, a donny van de beek that works well because one is a destroyer one is a progressor so we want to see that if if we play van de beek more alongside a fred or a mctominay then i think bruno won't have to drop deep again and again and he can focus on what he does up the field 
Bruno is the fulcrum of whatever happens in our attacks. And it is actually an understatement to say that. So, you know, Oleg and Solsha has to find the right system against low blocks. You know, the fact that we are debating so much as to what will be his actual system when all the players are fit. It defines why Leeds United was it was a resounding win, but not a not a statement, not yet. Let's see what happens two or three games into the season, and we'll assess it after that. Because you know, you know, Man City lost against Spurs. Not the best starts for them, but I think they will kick on eventually because they're a quality team. Liverpool have started well. Chelsea, I think at the moment, Chelsea are the ones making the statements. A, an amazing 3-0 win. I have to fear for Crystal Palace, by the way, this season. I think they're going down. It, it doesn't. It looks bleak for them. But unless they, uh, as long as they have Wilfred Zaha, I think anything is possible. And they've strengthened well. They've recruited well as well. But Patrick Vieira is the biggest problem. Let's, let's not talk about Crystal Palace. Chelsea. They're so in control of games under Thomas Tuchel, which is why I think they're going to be serious contenders because now they have that missing piece of puzzle, which is Romelu Lukaku. You might criticize Romelu Lukaku for his, you know, overall footballing ability. You say he's not a, he's not a great footballer. You won't really be attracted to what he does with the ball at his feet. Not much flair. Not he doesn't play attractive football, but what he does. He gives you goals. He's he's a goal scorer, and sometimes you need that. More often than not, any successful team you see, you need a goal scorer. And Lukaku is exactly that. He might not play the best football, but he'll get you goals. He's a, when you have Lukaku in your team, that's 20 goals a season guaranteed from him. It's similar to what happened with Ruud Van Nistelrooy with Manchester United. Alex Ferguson mentions in his in his uh, autobiography that. Rude one still Roy wasn't the best player of football. Like he wasn't the best footballer, but he was an amazing goal scorer. And yes, we didn't really win much when Rude one still Roy was our striker, but he scored a shitload of goals. And you need that in a successful team. You need goals to win games, and Romelu Lukaku provides them with that. And questions about a first about his first touch if you if you still have questions about his first touch you need to be you have to be living in the stone age because as far as i've seen his goals in an inter shirt first touch is something he's worked on and that alone has made him an elite striker he is i'm not wrong in saying this at all but he is one of the finest strikers in the world right now he's prolific He's strong. He's powerful. You know, he's a nightmare to defend against. I can only imagine. So Chelsea, uh, I think, along with Man City, they are definitely the title contenders, and it could well end up being a four-horse race in the end. But if it were to be a two-horse race, I would pick Man City and Chelsea right now. Liverpool close by, just like United. We'll see with with because even Liverpool's win against Norwich, it wasn't the most convincing. I think the game was honestly slipping away from their hands until Fabinho was introduced to the midfield because the midfield before that was a chaos. Like the defenders literally didn't want to pass the ball into midfield. They were taking the direct route to the strikers. They were giving the ball to the fullbacks. The fullbacks were progressing it. Midfield not really doing much. They were losing the midfield battle until 
Fabinho and Firmino came on. The Brazilian duo. You know, and they and quite frankly, they saved Liverpool. Fabinho took control of the midfield as soon as he came onto the pitch. They went on to win 3-0. But that is what signifies it, doesn't it? Now they have that luxury of playing Fabinho and Henderson. And that luxury is what saw them be so dominant in the 1920 season. So Liverpool, I think yes, they are, you know, they they could be close by just like United. United it entirely depends on how we cope. with adversity when it comes because it is going to come it's united at some point we're going to lose a game or we're going to draw a game and it's how we react to that personally i don't think ole gunnar solskjaer is the right man to take us back to our glory days but i do think he's done the right thing so far and you know i hope that he is you know i hope eventually that he's the one to take us back to our glory days but i don't think he is in terms of a tactical standpoint i think pep guardiola thomas tuchel and uh, jurgen klopp are at uh, are at an entirely different level to what ole gunnar solskjaer is at and that's what i think is going to be the hindrance between us and those three teams but we'll find out soon enough i hope it isn't but i think it will We need to assess the games that come next. Southampton, of course, away at Southampton, always been a tricky fixture for us. Always provided us with lot, lot of goals. But we need a prolific win, win over there, don't we? And if we get that, I think we will make more of a statement than Leeds. We need to, we need to beat the Norwiches. We need to beat the Burnleys convincingly. That's when we'll make a statement because winning against big teams. It hasn't really been a problem for us. It's about the small teams in the end, isn't it? Yesterday, not yesterday, of course, last season as well. We were on a title charge in January. It ended as quickly as it started because we dropped points against Everton, three-one lead, and somehow we drew. We lost to Sheffield United. Dropped silly points to West Brom. It it's a trend that you know it's been going on for years. and we can eradicate that then we can be title contenders so that's what defines us quickly by the way uh, in the leeds united game of course the supporters were back it was amazing to see that sancho got his debut uh, five amazing goals even fred scored <laughs> so yeah you know i burst into la- i burst into laughter as soon as i saw fred scoring a goal it is funny let's be honest it, it's funny but uh, the atmosphere as well wow you know if i would have been there i would have cried but uh, that's a totally different story but what happened actually was uh, of course there was a, a bit of controversy the leeds united fans were disappointed at uh, a manchester united fan you know he he showed them the turkish flag now this has a deeper meaning of course the turkish flag of course two leeds united fans had died Uh, I think it was in some sort of an away game in Turkey, and they were killed, actually. So, you know, it's good for the banter, but ultimately, what you're doing is you're mocking two innocent lives who died for the sole reason that was supporting their club, and that cannot be connoted. You know, the rivalry needs to be taken in a in a sporting way in the spirit of the sport 
yes you can abuse people yes maybe you can get a bit physical but this this cannot be condoned i think you cannot do that it's it's, it's disgrace it's a bah- you know <laughs> can't get the words it's 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 disgraceful it's abhorrent you can find any other words you want but you cannot do this and these united fans you're not covering yourselves in much glory either you know you then went on to banter the munich air tragedy and that is equally as worse they banter the, the manchester united fans banter two lives you banter the lives of eight people and eight players and countless other people who died this that tragedy which was much more than manchester united it was more there was there was press there were reporters there were coaches there were so many people involved in that and you know there's no point in saying this actually because it doesn't reduce the harm caused on both sides anyways because what what the manchester united fan who showed that turkey flag did is as worse as what the leeds fans did but the munich air tragedy was a bigger one it was a bigger tragedy but you cannot say that because what's the point there is no point both of them were disasters and you cannot banter either of those you know you cannot use them as part of banter it's off limit there's a limit to everything and i think there was a line crossed there between both sections of supporters and you know it's a rivalry but at the end of the day it's it's football and there has to be a, a sporting spirit to the rivalry right you can you abuse each other you can banter each other you can maybe you can get a bit, bit physical but you cannot do this you cannot do this this is these are lies we are talking about that were literally taken for no reason at all so that that's just disgraceful i think so you know hopefully this doesn't happen and it was a couple of fans you know there are always small sections of of the supporters that do this but uh, we need to eradicate this sort of behavior you know racism and these sort of things i don't know how they found their way into football but i, I mean like the other day i heard that there was homophobic chanting at norwich in the norwich liverpool game again you know why why do you want to do that just watch the game right banter each other banter the players what do you need to do why do you need to take this to you know why do you need to aim slurs at each other you don't need to do that it's, it's a game your you know the, the racist abuses the homophobic comments so needless it is so needless and to the people that say you know why you're bringing politics into football with the anti racist agenda or the pro lgbtq agenda it's because these things affect the players on the pitch because of homophobia there are so many players that are not able to publicly come out as gay or as transgender or as lesbian and because they can't come out some of them could playing football so without the inclusivity you know we are putting it off limits to what would have been great players who will never play the game so do you understand why this pro lgbtq rant is important because it promotes inclusivity because if we don't do this then certain 
people or certain sections of society will never play this game and we don't want that we want this game to be accessible to every community that is why we do this that is why there's an anti racist agenda that's why there's a pro lgbtq agenda because it's important because it promotes inclusivity i don't know how many times i've used that word by now but it's it's that important so anyways we we've talked about the main points hopefully we can be a convincing team we can hopefully be title contenders which i think is a minimum for oligana solcha this this season regardless of whether we get a dm or, or defensive midfielder or not Oli needs to challenge for the title and he needs to win at least one trophy because going 5 years without a trophy is disastrous for this club. For Man- we are Manchester United Football Club, we cannot go 5 years without a trophy. It shouldn't happen. And if it happens, it can't be forgiven. So, Oli gonna solve Shaya mate. This season is do or die. Frankly. I'm already I, I I'm already Oli out. But I was, you know, I was cuz we know he's not going to be sacked so i decided to back him let's you know because there's no point in saying only out because he's not going to be sacked but i give you this one season if if you don't do anything this season you have to go but it's i'm not going to speak much about that because the atmosphere right now is positive it's optimistic and we need to build on that and what better way to do that than to thrash southampton so i said we would thrash leeds be dead Now we need to thrash Southampton at the St Mary's South Coast. Let's go on Sunday. Thank you for listening to me, and I'll speak to you soon.